0: Okay, good morning. Welcome. My name is Ashley Sharp, and I'll be leading class today. We do uh, about an hour of yoga, and then about a half hour of meditation, and then I give a talk. Do you want to hear today's talk, topic? I want to tell you. I, I wrote it down specifically. OK, staying balanced in turbulent times. Does this seem like a good topic for us? Right? Staying balanced in turbulent times. So <laughs> We'll do. Yay. Um, so we'll, we'll, uh, really that's the topic, our quality of equanimity, but staying balanced, equanimity sort of synonyms for us. And as we do the yoga class, the invitation is to notice not only when you're balanced, maybe physically balanced, but I'm really talking about emotional balance and resiliency. And when you're not So just because the topic is staying balanced doesn't mean you're going to be balanced for the next two hours, okay? And so if you're not balanced, noticing the conditions that can knock you out of balance, does that make sense? So that you can learn and see like, oh, that one's a big one for me. I don't know, maybe you'll stay balanced for yoga. It's just a yoga class. I mean, in the scheme of things. Uh, Are there any comments or questions about that? 26 bones in your feet. It's really phenomenal, actually. Yeah, and balance gets harder as we age. Have you noticed that, too, some of you? It's a thing. It's good to keep practicing. Maybe physical balance gets harder as you age and emotional balance gets easier? No. <laughs> it all is hard. All right, so raise your hand if you're new. If you're new, so there's a bunch of you, I think there's people from New Jersey and Arizona. Are you from the Bay Area? Yeah, okay. If you could turn to your neighbor, everyone, and say hello and introduce and or reintroduce yourself to get names. I made you go in the front. Actually. Emma, it's so nice to meet yeah. you. Yield to the pres- uh, the little sign on the way in. Yeah,
1: that's
0: good.
2: I wonder, did that take like a fourth level decision to put that in really more? <laughs> I don't think so.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was imagining,
3: actually, I'll turn this on. All right, so then one more thing before we get started. How
0: do you stay balanced in turbulent times? Anybody got a... Yes. I meditate. Oh! <laughs> Yay. Uh, does anybody do yoga? <laughs> Great. Uh, anything else? How do you stay balanced in turbulent times? Yeah. Spending time in nature. This building is practically in nature, too. It's not quite the same. Yeah, yeah. Spending time in nature, yoga, meditation. Anything else? Yeah. Self-care. Self-care, yes. I think that's good. And how do we stay balanced in a yoga class? So say today I'm going to ask you to stand on one hand and put your foot behind your leg at the same time. How are you going to stay balanced during that? <laughs> what was that <laughs> sit down <laughs> ignore my instructions yeah <laughs> I think something about not taking it personally can help for me like oh my body can't do it there's a way like if I ask you to do something that you can't do and you take it really personally that your body can't do it it can it can throw things off or just like oh this is how the body is today It's got 26 feet bones in each foot. How about hands? Molly, do you know how many bones are in the hands? Yeah, just it's really like a miracle, the body. Um, And so uh, not taking it so personally, it's imperfection. So we're going to have an imperfectionist club today, and the meeting is starting right now for the imperfectionist club, and you're welcome to join even if you're perfect. You can be in my club. All right, so I'm going to join you sitting down. I think everybody's sitting down but me. And we'll take a pause before we go any deeper into class this morning. Um, You can maybe just for a moment let your head turn as it would like. Just go gentle, though, with your neck. moving your head as your head would like, sensing the neck, sensing any tender spots. And then letting your head come to stillness in the next moment or two. And take a big, full breath. Fill all the way up. And a long exhale, letting go. If you have glasses, take them off and just put them somewhere safe and handy. And everybody, take your hands and just touch your face. Some people do like to do that little thing first. You could do that. or Just find a way to touch your face. Mm-hmm. Receive the touch. So we're coming off of autopilot. Let's receive
1: the touch. Uh,
0: Take a moment and pull your
3: ears. And bring your hands around onto your neck. And
0: even if you have a tender spot, or probably even particularly if you have a tender spot, don't poke it. Just put the hands on the neck somehow. And take a full breath in and a full breath out. So starting with a sense of care and compassion for the body. Let's put the hands down. And just sense that you've arrived into this room. You could probably sense that even with your eyes closed. And acknowledging that you come with yourself. So this week and all that's happened. And any stress or worry or grief. So so to welcome everybody here. And to welcome however you are showing up this morning. There's space for you. So as we move deeper into the practices today, you're welcome to modify things, make things easier, make things harder, rest whenever you'd like. So that this practice serves you. Relax your shoulders. Just even with your eyes closed, sense that you've come into a room full of um, kind people who are embarking upon this practice together. So May this practice serve you this morning. May it serve your sense of balance and equanimity. May it serve you towards steadiness. In these turbulent times, let's bring the hands to touch. So it's namaste or anjali mudra, it's called. It's like a prayer shape of the hands. And we'll chant the sound om. Now, om is a sacred sound from the Hindu tradition. Some people say it even predates the Hindu tradition, the first sound, the sacred sound. And we'll chant it just one time inhale. Oh. And then tuck your chin and bring the base of the thumbs right up to the top of the forehead. And here we bow to the body and the heart both. We bow to the great strength and capacity of the body and the heart. But simultaneously bowing and acknowledging the vulnerabilities and tenderness of the heart and the body. So we have both as we practice. And then uh, you can take your arms up hallelujah I suppose you probably need to put your glasses on if you're like me but hallelujah arms it's Thursday and we're gonna do yoga (laughs) all right let your hands come down and roll your shoulders just a couple times maybe a few times and uh, then let the shoulders come to stillness and turn your head to the right With your head turned to the right, sense your uh, left ear, and then pour the attention down the neck into that left shoulder, melting what's easy to melt, and then pour the attention down the arm all the way into that left hand, so there's a flow from the ear down the shoulder, down the arm, into the hand. Good. Bring your head back to center. Float your spine up, and then turn your head over to the left. Mm-hmm. And then bring your attention into that right ear. Sense the right ear. It's almost like you're lighting up the right ear with your attention. And then pour that attention, that light, down, in, down the neck into the shoulder, relaxing what's easy to relax. Pouring the attention from the ear, down the neck, down the shoulder, down the arm, into that right hand. All the way down. Good. Bring your head back to center. Big breath in. Long, slow exhale. Let's interlace the fingers and turn the hands, palms up right above your head. Squeezing the elbows in as best you can at this moment. And you could
1: do just a little side to side. Oh, and if you yawn, I won't be offended at any case, at any moment. Just big stretch, reaching up, 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 up.
0: Good. Now, let the arms come down into cactus elbow shape, like Joshua trees. Uh Big inhale here. Exhale, bring your forearms together. And then inhale, take the elbows back as if they could meet behind you, but they can't because of your anatomy. Exhale, squeeze them together. And then inhale, pull them back, rib cage lifts, elbows pull back, and exhale, elbows together. Now with the elbows together or almost together, palms together, squeeze as much as you can. So if I looked at you, I wouldn't necessarily see much effort being uh, happening right now because there's no movement. But there's a, a pretty firm press of the hands, forearms, elbows, activating the muscles in your chest and spreading the space between your shoulder blades. Good. Release that. Take the elbows back and then squeeze them back. If you feel too much pinching oh, or any pinching, really do less, but pull the elbows back as best you can to activate the muscles between the shoulder blades. Big breath in. And then exhale, let the arms come down. And then just another pause before we go further. Okay, good. Let's come on to the hands and knees. Um, It's nice to put a blanket or the big square flat cushion under your knees. So you have some knee cushion. Even if your knees are feeling happy and healthy today and not tender, just um, put a little cushion under them for the long-term health of your knee. Uh, Hands are flat on the floor. If you have tender wrists, you can do this on your elbows. Now, without moving your hands, press your fingertips into the floor. Push your hands to get your chest muscles activated. And then without moving your legs, squeeze your knees towards each other. They don't move, but the knees are squeezing in and you tone or lightly engage your belly muscles. Big breath in and then step both hands as you exhale,
1: both hands way forward. Let your forehead come down. Your hips are high. Your hands are shoulder-width apart. And you're drawing your hips
0: back away from your hands. And you're welcoming and noticing sensation as it comes and goes. So we practice holding steady as sensation comes and goes. As
1: we do the yoga poses, the yoga shapes.
0: Good, come on up to hands and knees. And then again, this is fairly subtle, but push the hands into the floor to get your chest muscles active. Without moving your legs, squeeze your knees together to get your inner thighs and tone your belly. Big breath. Take your right leg out behind you, parallel to the floor. So the tendency is to turn the right knee out to the right. Turn the knee. If your right knee had an eyeball, I don't know why it would, but if it did, it would be looking at the floor. Uh Push your fingertips into the floor. And then just pulse that right leg up and down behind you to activate the muscles in the back of the leg. Uh Imagine that the big toe side of the leg, the inseam side of the leg, could rotate up a little higher towards the ceiling and the pinky toe side of the leg as you're pulsing rotates down towards the floor just a little bit. Those are subtle, subtle things. Now, let's bring the knee around to the side. The knee will bend and the knee comes to the side like a doggy at a fire hydrant. Point the knee at the person beside you, if there were a person beside you, and then lift and pulse three, four times. Good. Bring the knee down. Uh And then back to that half dog. Both
1: hands forward,
0: head down.
1: Draw your armpits open so the hands stick to the mat or the floor like the bottom of a snail. And then you draw your hips back to encourage the arms to lengthen the sides of the torso to lengthen. Big breath. Good. Come on up to hands and knees. And again,
0: push the hands into the floor to get the chest. Squeeze the knees together. Tone the belly. Right, uh, left leg goes out behind you, parallel to the floor. Outer left hip drops down. Pulse that leg up and down behind you. Ooh, check the head. Sometimes the head kind of sags here. See if you can get your uh, neck in line with the rest of the spine so you're not dropping your head. And the chest does lift up an inch or two. And then um, the back leg, the lifted leg, the big toe side of the leg lifted up a little higher as it's pulsing. All right, then the knee will bend as it comes around to the side. Doggy out of fire, hydrant, asana, I made it up myself. And then you'll pulse up and down a few times here. Good. Bring the knee down. Curl the toes under. Walk your hands one handprint closer and shift your weight back towards your heels with
1: your toes curled under. So everybody's toes will have a differing capacity for being bent in this shape. Have your back rounded and take a big breath
0: good shift forward climb down onto your elbows
1: push the elbows into the floor and then step the legs though I'm running out of space step the legs back into plank pose on your elbows so you can have a little bit of a strengthening situation
0: here Plank pose on the elbows. Check and make sure that your body's like a plank, not like a mountain, so the tushy isn't peeking up high. Uh Gaze is forward. If you get here and you think to yourself, holy cannoli, because I know that's the language you would use, (laughs) but if you get here and you think, holy cannoli, just drop your knees on the floor so you're still building strength, but in a way that's sustainable, in a way that has integrity, to where the body is today. So you're building strength in this moment. Two more breaths. Notice if you can hold steady or if you lose your equanimity. It's fine to lose the equanimity. Okay, knees down. Push back into
1: child's pose. So toes together. Knees probably a little wide. Hips back.
0: Head down. Elbows down. Uh Now, see if you can sense the floor under you, this element of your experience that's firm and hard. Can you sense the floor maybe under your elbows or your forehead or your knees? Where do you sense firmness? Savor that firmness, that steadiness. Okay, let's come up to hands and knees. Curl the toes under, head up into downward facing
1: dog. And if you have tender wrists, you can do this on your elbows. Uh Aha, lovely. Now we're not gonna stay here too long.
0: Right away, inhale knees to the floor. Mm -hmm. Gaze forward, exhale child's pose. Perfect. Okay, and then we'll go back. So inhale, hands and knees, gaze forward, exhale, downward dog. Let's try that again. Knees to the floor, gaze forward. Uh Uh-huh, child's pose. And then hands and knees, gaze forward, exhale, downward facing dog. Okay, now downward dog. You are like a little inverted peak with your tushy high, uh huh. And um, I think just step your toes off, just so you don't slip. I don't want you to slip. Slipping that would be that would be not good. The feet are hip width apart. The hands are shoulder width apart. And you're breathing. I hope you're breathing at least till twelve fifteen today when we finish. Lots of deep breathing like your life depended on it. And you're looking at your thighs, if not your upper thighs. So your head's down. looking at, Yeah, your neck. One more breath. Okay. And then we're going to be fancy. You're going to walk your feet right over the cushion. You might have to step on the cushion. It won't be a big deal. Nobody said it It had to be graceful. Walk your feet up to the top of the mat, hands to your hips, and come on up to standing. Yeah, just come up to standing. And have your feet shoulder width. Okay, now we're going to move lickety-splickety. Are you ready for it? All right, arms come up on the inhale. And then exhale, bend your knees, down, down, down you go. Now here's the lickety-splickety part. Right away, inhale, back up to standing, arms up. And exhale, down you go, bend your knees, down you go. Now do
1: two more of these at your own pace. You come up on your inhale, not mine, not your neighbor's, but ride your breath, like the
0: breath where the current, and you come up on the inhale. Now our yoga party is going to meet... At the end of the exhale, in the forward fold.
1: So if you have a tender back, brace your elbows on your knees. Otherwise, let your hands drop in the direction of the floor. And then let your head hang. Make sure the head's hanging. Uh Take three breaths here. Breathing in. Steadiness. Breathing out. Peace. Breathing in. Steadiness. And breathing out. Ease. Good. Hands to the hips. Come on up to standing. Ah, bring your feet together. Hmm. Okay. So
0: bend your knees just a little bit. We're not going to do that fierce pose with the butt back. So knees just bent a little bit. Hands to namaste. And here's our pattern. Inhale, left leg opens up and the arms come up. And then exhale, both feet on the floor, knees bent. And then inhale, right. Exhale down. That's your pattern. The worst is going to happen is you get a little tippy in the scheme of things. See if you can make it fluid like a Tai Chi dance. Just do what you can. Work with your breath. Mm -hmm.
3: And our yoga
0: party is going to meet soon with a leg up. So just
3: whichever leg is up, And then come down. And let's
0: try the other leg. So, I had a yoga teacher once that would talk about keeping a smile when you do a balance pose, like falling over with a smile. When I teach, right? When I teach balancing poses to children, they get, okay, let's come out, let's come out. When I teach balancing poses to children, they're like, Okay, I'm going to try it, and they do it, and they fall over, and they're like, "Okay, I'm going to try it," and they do it, and then they fall right. And whereas when I teach it to adults, we're like, oh. <laughs> "Okay, it's not personal if you fall over; it's just falling over." Little kids, their tushies are cushioned just for that. Let's face this way. Take your legs nice and wide. And have all ten toes pointing to the long end of your mat. Uh Arms up. And here's your pattern. Exhale, right arm down in the direction of the left foot. And you'll come up on your inhale. So you might not get all the way down, just depending on the length of your breath. Exhale down, depending on the length of your hamstrings. And inhale up. So a few more at your own pace. The exhale takes you down. And the inhale, you ride up. See if you can have this be like a moving meditation. And what I mean by that is that you're observing yourself as you move through the shapes. Uh, Observing yourself in a kind manner, in the same way that you would observe, I don't know, a turkey or a deer or a coyote. So with reverence and respect and care. All right, our yoga party is going to meet up. There's a lot of those. And the hands will come down. And then just wiggle your shoulders to release your neck. All right, both arms up. Inhale. Cactus elbows. Stay here. Big in breath. Elbows come towards each other. Press elbows, forearms in as much as you can. Like that was your life purpose today. Pressing elbows, palms together. Good. And then open them and see about imaginarily, if there's such a word, imaginarily, pressing those elbows back, 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 back. Good. Let the arms come down. Now shoulders only. Pull them up. Inhale. Out the mouth. Take both arms up. And then the right arm will come down and the left arm will pull up. Gaze down. Let your bottom arm relax. Sort of like the bottom of a pendulum. Two breaths here.
3: Okay, bottom arm comes up.
0: And the other hand, which I think is the left hand probably comes down. Turn your gaze down. Don't forget to reach that top arm up. Bottom arm releases.
3: Find your breath. And then both arms up. Just try cactus elbows.
0: Stay here. Big in-breath. Elbows come towards each other. Okay, now this time, as you press, maybe not quite as hard, but the elbows are pressing, inhale, fingertips up. Exhale, elbow tips down. Uh Two more. You go up on the inhale, down on the exhale. Tone your tummy, core muscles engaged. Good. And then bring those elbows back. Back, 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 back. Huh. Zip up your kneecaps. Like lift the quadricep muscles so kneecaps are engaging. Elbows are pulling back. Good. Let the arms come down, forward, fold. Down, down, down.
1: You go. Hands can be down on the floor. If your back is tender, brace your elbows on your knees. So we respect the capacity of the body today, holding steady. There's some lovely metaphors about this topic, about the earth, the metaphor of the earth and how...
0: Did you ever have a compost pile? It's like this amazing thing, the earth takes the waste. And then uh, in earth based time, not internet based time, but in earth based time, then eventually you get soil, this sort of steadiness of the earth. Let's bring the hands to the hips and come on up to standing. And I do believe we need to bring our feet together after all that situation. So feet come together as close as your feet will come. Not everybody's feet come together. Hands down by your sides. Big in-breath. Exhale, bend your knees and sweep your arms forward. So this time the butt's going way back and the arms are reaching way forward. So that was an exhale. The next shape is inhale, standing up. And that's your pattern, back and forth. Exhale. And inhale. Uh, See if you can have a sense of your entire body moving in space if that instruction makes sense for you. And you might also have a sense of that steadiness of the floor under your feet. And our yoga party will meet with the knees bent, arms forward. Take your hands to the outside of your knees, press out with your knees, in with your hands. Out with knees, in with hands. Scoop up and tone your belly muscles. Breathe. And you're going to hold the shape. Hold steady. You might notice changing sensations, right? Heat's rising. Yeah? Is there heat rising? Just watch it. It's not personal. It's what happens with our bodies when we challenge them. Let's come on up to standing. Both arms lift up. Stay standing. Both arms come down. And then a little pause. And in fact, you can let your feet just be comfortable. And
3: just pause for a moment. Okay. Okay. Bring
0: the feet a little bit closer together. We're gonna try this one. So this time, legs straight. I need to turn around so I can do it the same leg as you. (laughs) All right, we're gonna take the standing knee bent, right leg back, right arm forward. That's this shape, sort of like speed skater. And then come up, both feet on the floor, legs straight. And then we have the other shape is right knee bent, standing leg bent, left leg's behind you, left arm's forward. And then you'll come up. So that was pretty slow. You could continue going that slow, or if you'd like with the breath, exhale into the shape. And inhale, come up. Just keep going. Observe. Observe.
3: Keep going.
0: Our yoga party is going to meet when you next have a leg up. Hold, if you can. Or fall out like a five-year-old. Or not. Like, sometimes we're just not. Like, we can observe that, too. Part of the learning is understanding when we've gone out of balance, what does that feel like, and How did that happen? Come on up. Let's try the other leg. It can be helpful to have your gaze really steady. The eyes make a point or a focal point with your gaze. Good. Come on up to two feet. It's easier. Shoulders up. Inhale. Oh the mouth. Hmm. Right. Okay. Take the feet wide. Turn the toes out, maybe an inch or two. Knees bent, and we're gonna do a little. This isn't yoga. I don't know what would this be called.
1: Sloth.
0: Sloth. Would you feel like a sloth? I feel like uh, maybe a monkey. Or an elephant. Okay, and then we're gonna do like I do with you all sometimes. Whoa. And then you could switch sides at any time, and it's like we're at an old Grateful Dead concert. <laughs> just like so. Uh-huh. If you feel unsure about what you look like, just close your eyes. Nobody can see you with your eyes closed. Just swinging, and then one of these times. We're going to come to the center uh and get your hands like you were fluffing up your low belly aura and find a steady spot for the hands. (sighs) And then we hold. and We observe changing sensation. Of course, if you feel like you're injuring yourself, I want you to come out of the way, come out of the pose if there's an injury happening. But if there's discomfort... When you lose your equanimity, what happens? So, I don't know. That's a good question. What happens that leads to a loss of equanimity? I think we'll have to stay here for a long time for you to see that. Three more breaths.
3: Push your feet into the floor. Okay, come on up and bring your feet together.
0: Ooh. Mm. Inhale, both arms up. Cactus elbows. Now, what if instead of bringing your forearms to touch, you slip the right elbow underneath? Now stay here for a moment, press your elbows towards each other, press your hands towards each other, and then kind of nudge your elbows forward a little bit. They're not going to go because they're connected to your body, right? But you're nudging your elbows forward. And then take a breath and inhale backwards into the space between your shoulder blades. Okay. And then uh, release your arms, bend your knees, swing your arms. If you're feeling tender, you could do this very tiny little swing. If you're feeling vigorous, you could get, I don't know if there is such a thing, but a vigorous arm swing, so you can moderate, just depending. All right, inhale, arms up. Cactus elbows. Okay, forearms come towards each other, left elbow slips underneath. Arms wrap, press, nudge the elbows forward. Uh-huh. Have the chin drop a quarter inch. Uh-huh. And tone your belly. Engage those belly muscles. Good. Release your arms, give them a swing. Ah. All right. Let's face the front of the room again. That's good. (laughs) And you'll have your right foot forward and your left foot back for pyramid pose. So the feet are split hip-width side to side, and they're split front to back like a pyramid. Uh Perfect. Bring your hands on your hips, and you might have to adjust the back foot to have this happen, but your hips turn forward. Arms will come out to the sides. Turn the thumbs down. Hands come behind you. Some of you will get reverse namaste. That's palms together, fingers pointing up. Some of you will come back next week. If you can't get your hands like that, have your forearms. Because you'll need your wrists later today. So, and then tip forward some amount. Tip forward some amount and pause. And observe breathing. So there's something actually very powerful about acknowledging and respecting the limitations of the body rather than taking it personally. Like the body has capacity, which is amazing. And the body has shortcomings for all of us. Limitations, imperfections, you could say, but even calling it imperfection is a funny thing. Let's come on up. If you can, keep your hands. If your arms are tired, take them out, and we'll switch legs. And if you had your arms, if you let them out, you'll put them back. Remember, turn your hips to face the front, and then tip forward some amount. I'll keep pressing down the base of that left big toe, I feel like you're trying to make a base of the left big toe impression on that yoga mat. Front leg is straight-ish. Steady breath. OK, go ahead and come on up. Release the arms. We're going to turn back to the right side of the room and adjust the feet for warrior two. We do warrior two almost every week. uh, Right toes turn to the back of the room, right knee bent. Uh And then for today's warrior two, this is the pattern. You'll side bend with the left arm coming down, right arm coming up. So here you notice a side bend in that whole right side of the body, right? The right side is lengthened. And then go the other way and lengthen the left side of the torso. And that's your pattern at your own pace, going back and forth, sensing first right side, and then when you get to it, left side, back and forth a few times. Make one side really long and then make the other side really long. Moving meditation, a flow of experience. First one, then the other, this moment by moment. And our yoga party will meet with the left side extended in that side angle pose. Take your time getting there. And once you're there, see how long you can extend that left side. Left foot presses down, left arm reaches up. Three breaths here. Breathing in, steadiness. Breathing out, peace. Noticing what it's like to hold the shape, even if it's slightly uncomfortable. That's what happens sometimes Uncom- uncomfortableness, discomfort. It's not personal. Good. Come on up. Let the arms come down so they can get a little bit of a rest. And then turn the feet. Do you all know what I mean by it's not personal? Is that making sense? Yeah? Okay. And then let's bend the knee. Like it's not your fault. (laughs) Arms are out to the sides. Uh And then we have the side bend to the back, which would be lengthening the left side. And then the side bend to the front lengthening. The right side. And this is your pattern. I think you've got it. You'll go back and forth at your own pace. Sensing first one side and then the other. It's like a moving mindfulness. Mm -hmm. You might notice
3: the floor under you, the steadiness. And our yoga party will meet in
0: that side angle pose with the right side extended. So whenever you get there, take your time. And then see about lengthening that whole side of the body. You push that right foot down and reach the right fingers out. Almost like you could reach beyond your physical body. And then you breathe. Breathe in steadiness. Breathe out spaciousness. This human experience with its 10,000 sorrows and 10,000
3: joys. Okay, love you,
0: so let's go ahead and come on up. And then bring your feet together, because I think they'll need to come together. Hmm. Your let's still face this way, but get if you have a round cushion, get the round cushion and put it next to your uh, right foot. That will work too. Blanket, a blanket folded up will work. Sharing cushions is lovely. Okay, so you've got the cushion by the right foot. Hands are on the hips. Inhale. Bend your knees. Keep the right leg bent, pick up the left leg, cross it over. Your cushion can be a kickstand there, so your toes can go on there. And your standing knees bent, hands are on the hips, and see how low you can go. I find this stretches my hip. Does it stretch your hips? Some of you, maybe. If you can, the thighs are crossed like you had to pee, you know, like when you were little. And then try, for those of you using the cushion, just see what happens if you let the, well, you might wiggle, if you let the toes come off. Good, stand on two feet. Mm -hmm. Let's put the cushion on the other side. Feet are together. So um you might for those of you that this is an easier pose you might notice what causes you to lose your balance. So I notice often what causes the balance to be lost is the mind starts to wander and then I fall over. How am I doing? What's the other person doing? What's for lunch? You know, wandering mind and then I fall over. All right, so hands on the hips. Bend the knees. Uh, pick up the right thigh, wrap it over. Thighs wrapped and toes can be on the cushion to start. And you're sinking low. And you're breathing. And you can try the balance
3: and see. Other times I just fall
0: over. It's has nothing to do with a wandering mind. It's just a falling over. All right, come on up. Both shoulders up. Inhale. Oh, the mouth. Have the feet hip-width apart. You'll take the right arm up and palm down. The left hand will come up and you'll pull the elbow back. Inhale. Exhale, side bend a bit to the left. Uh-huh. Have a weight. Have a sense of the weight in both feet. So grounded and steady. And breathing a lot. It's particularly hard to breathe in this pose. And then the tiny little instruction of leaning your head back a quarter inch. It's just a tiny, yeah. Breathe. One more breath. Okay, now you'll come up and let the arm come down and just sense that arm as it comes
3: down. What can you feel? What do you observe? Okay, left arm comes up, hands palms down, right hand will
0: pull the elbow, and you'll side bend. Did this switch your sides? Okay, good, you have to ask for your money back, otherwise. Now have the weight in your feet, yeah, breathing. Breathing. And that tiny little shift backwards. Ah. Uh, unlock your knees. Okay, come on up and then put the arm down and sense the arm. Sense the hands. Okay. Take your feet wide turn your right toes to the right way your two leg shape Uh right forearm to the thigh left arm straight up towards the ceiling, so it's different before we had it over the head, now it's straight up and you'll take the top hand, turn the thumb towards the front of the room, so the thumb comes around hand comes behind the back palm out somewhere now this next one is optional I mean, the whole class is optional. You know where the bathroom is, right? But optional is taking your right forearm off and bringing the hand onto the heart. Uh If you're doing that, even if you're not doing that, reach your head, the top of your head, like you could present the top of your head on the long diagonal. And keep reaching back into that left foot. Two more breaths. As best you can, open the left shoulder a little bit towards the ceiling.
1: Uh
0: Good. Come on up. Uh Let this back arm slide out and then turn your feet. Form to the thigh and the top arm straight up towards the ceiling, not over the head, right up towards the ceiling. The hand will turn thumb down to the back of the room. And then hand comes palm out behind you. Optional is taking that left forearm off and the hand onto the heart. Uh Imagine that there were an imaginary wall behind you and you could lean your right shoulder onto that wall. If you feel a strain anywhere, respect your body and back up. This takes more strength of heart. To actually do
3: that. One more breath. And you'll come
0: on up and let that bottom arm sneak out. And feet come together. Actually, have the feet shoulder width, and you'll fold down. Just here. A forward fold. If your back is tender, again, brace your elbows on your knees. And backs of the knees soft. And let your head drop. And we'll take a few breaths here.
3: A few breaths here. Okay, hands to your
0: hips. Come on up to standing. Uh, you'll bring the feet together. And you'll have the cushion again by your right foot. Last time through, an eagle pose. Hands will be on the hips. Bend the knees. Pick up the left thigh. Now your toes can stay up in the air. The toes can be on the cushion. The toes maybe could come behind the leg. And you'll take the right elbow underneath the left.
3: Good. Stand on two feet. Ah. Huh.
0: Move the cushion over to the other side. Mm -hmm. Hands on your hips. Bend your knees. Pick up the right leg, wrap it over. Toes can be on the cushion, up in the air, or wrapped behind. And you'll have the left elbow underneath this time.
3: Squeeze your thighs. Are you breathing? Okay, come on up. Double thumbs up.
0: Good job. Downward facing dog. need to move the cushion. Hands are at the top. Feet at the back. Oh, I got overexcited today with you all on time. Okay. Two breaths here. Breathing in peace. Breathe out steadiness. And then the next shape, the next shape will be, uh, let's see, it will be on your back. So you'll need to put your knees down, swing your legs around to the front of the room. And you'll come onto your back, sunny side up. Legs to the front, head to the back. Ooh, I like how some of you are getting pillows under the head. It's fine if you want. A pill. How was coming to the floor? Was it good? Yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite moment in the whole class, actually.
1: <sighs> good.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Okay. If you were so inclined, pull your knees into your chest. Use your hands and just squeeze the knees in. Have a sense of the floor rising up. So there are these lovely metaphors around the staying steady or equanimity or balance. And the one metaphor which I've been talking about is the earth. If you think about how a mountain is... I mean, of course we can think of exceptions when there's an earthquake or something, right? But I'm not talking about that. i like the, the teaching or the teaching metaphor of the steadiness of the earth. You feel that under you right now, right? As if the floor were rising up. Like how a mountain holds steady and the seasons come and go. The snow and then the sun and then the summer and the flowers and the animals. And the mountain is just there. Okay, feet on the floor. Feet on the floor. And uh, let your feet be a little wider than your hips. And um, knees bent, feet on the floor, feet a little wider than the hips. And some of you will be able to comfortably let the knees rest on each other. And some of you, your hips don't do that. So knees are either up towards the ceiling or, if it's comfortable, knees are resting on each other. And then if you have glasses, you'll take them off, put them somewhere safe, maybe your tummy or next to you. And you'll take your hands, palms of the hands, over the eyes. Heels of the hand on the cheekbones, fingers on the hairline. Uh, Eyes are closed, so the whole palm of the hand covering the eye. And you'll imagine that any tension in your eyes could flow down into the floor, all the way under the subfloor of the building, all the way down into the earth. It's like compost. Tension from your jaw flowing down. Tension from your neck and shoulders emptying out into the floor under you. Like a bathtub emptying out all the way deep into that earth underneath of you. And then imagine uh, tension or maybe for you, water flowing down from your knees, down your shins, down your feet, flowing into that earth under you. Steady. And dark. And then tension or water pouring down the knees, down the inner thighs, down your genitals, into the floor under you, draining out. Let the earth
3: receive. Good. Okay. Let's pull the right
0: knee into the chest. Extend your left leg. Let the left leg be on the floor. And then we come into the twist. If you had glasses, check where they are. But otherwise, come into the twist. The knee comes across the body.
3: The head will turn. Notice how the floor holds the left ribs, and the breath moves on the right, right long, right ribs. Ah, soft.
0: Okay, go ahead and come on up and just at your leisure, you switch legs and make your way into the other side.
3: There's other teaching metaphors.
0: There's one around space. That sense um, of space, like the space above you. You might be even with your eyes closed able to sense the space. The space above you and around you. Space isn't harmed or impacted by whatever's moving through it. Space, like if you were on a cliff overlooking the ocean or the space on a grassy hill you might be able to hear in this shape sense the space around you is open the space even around the earth is open, receiving whatever moves through without harm alright, you're going to stretch yourself out take your time We have our relaxation here, our shavasana, it's called, the final relaxation of the yoga shapes. For some of you, lying flat is uncomfortable, so you can put a cushion under your knees uh, or a cushion, a pillow under your head. Um, Unfortunately, this shape is not always as relaxed as we could hope. So if you're not as relaxed as you had hoped today, know that that happens. And you might find a part of your body that feels
3: okay, and just whenever you think of it, rest your mind there. Off in the hinge of the jaw. Relax the tongue and the back of the tongue where the tongue turns into the throat. Now, if you're feeling
0: peaceful, now of course you might not be, it's the human condition. But if you
3: are feeling peaceful, savor that.
1: Begin to deepen your breath.
3: You'll bend your knees one at a time and
0: place your feet on the floor
3: and roll to your right side. Uh, Next, we shift into
0: meditation. So you'll, as you're ready, come up to a seated position. And uh, if you want a uh, chair to meditate in, you just leave your mat and you can go sit in a chair. And if you're going to sit on the floor, get your cushions so that your hips are higher than your knees. You can just leave your mat and find a chair or
3: So when we meditate, we uh, use the breath as
0: an anchor. As an anchor for the attention. But the point isn't to be a good breather. I'm assuming that you are a good breather because you've been alive for a while. Um, so when the mind wanders, we, we do notice that. That's as much a part of the meditation as noticing the breath. It's fine to shift and move as needed during the meditation.
3: Just do so with attention. So the traditional instruction is to notice the breath
0: and then observe when the mind wanders. This moment-to-moment attention to whatever is happening.
3: If you're listening, you might notice listening. If you find it helpful, you could use
0: as a steadying force the sensation of earth or mountain-like qualities in the lower body, the stillness, the steadiness. For you, it could be the sense of the hands heavy and still, or it might be for you the sense of the hips or the pressure where the hips meet the floor or the chair. Or if you're in the chair, the feeling of the feet. So something like a mountain, We sit like a mountain. Your your mind will wander away from this, that's natural. Just whenever you think of it,
3: you could sense this steadiness. you might like to sense the sense of space around you. You might sense the space around you almost like you were listening to the quiet.
0: It would be like a poetic instruction to sense the space pervasive and unchanging as the thoughts
3: come and go, as the breath comes and goes. Remember that we're not looking for a perfect meditation today. Don't try to make anything happen. Let's see what's here. If something is difficult or challenging,
0: even if it's just a little bit difficult or challenging, acknowledge that and know that it's not personal. This is part of meditation.
3: You find it helpful. You
0: can use the support of the earth image.
3: Sense of steadiness. Like a mountain. Or the space metaphor. Sense of space. Yes. Yeah. So, at this point in the class, we're going to come
0: forward and make two semicircles. So you'll need to roll up your mats. And if you want to stay on the floor, you're going to make a semicircle on the cushions. And then if you're on a chair, the chairs come forward and you make a semicircle behind the cushion, people, on the chair. Okay.
3: Okay, I think we're still getting settled. But while we're getting settled,
0: I'm wondering if there um, is anything that you ha- Well, questions, of course, are always welcome. And if you don't feel like asking a question now, I'm available after. That's okay, too. But questions, but also I'm in particular interested in things that you maybe noticed about this topic of balance or equanimity or spaciousness or resiliency. There's a lot of words for it. During the yoga and the meditation. So if you noticed anything, if you had any learnings, I'm making you speak first. Yeah. I
1: noticed about about balance, you know, thinking about balance, reflecting on that during the yoga portion of the class that, um, you know, that it's not about keeping a steady balance all the time. It's all about these, like, Uh, micro-adjustments. It's always always off a little bit, right? Right. There's always an opportunity to bring it back a little bit, and then you're off again, and then you bring it back, and then you're off, and you bring it
0: back. Could you all hear... Without the microphone, everyone could hear, right? So like, I feel like in my mind and maybe in your mind, there's this idea that balance is like, oh, the state, and I'm going to achieve it someday. But actually, like we learn even in a balancing pose that there's always little adjustments needed to stay steady. Always little adjustments. And this is emotionally or physically both. Both, I think not separate. That's good. Anybody else? There's our class right there. Ah, uh, I think that's true both emotionally and physically, also. When we get out of balance, there's tension arising, like uh, like reactivity to it. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else?
3: Yeah. Um, I've had vertigo for the last year. Oh, boy. So the balancing of the yeah. Much better. I couldn't be here. But um, my hand, ear, nose, and throat died said when we feel out of balance, when we're physically out of balance, we get anxious. Yeah. And it, li- it literally causes anxiety right. every other way around when we're anxious. Yeah. We're it's it's like a feedback,
0: feedback loop. It's a
2: feedback loop, yeah. I think yeah. somewhere you have to... Right.
0: I feel, I love the metaphors here, the physical and like sort of the, um, I'm calling it emotional but psychological. Like they're, it's both, it's oh. both. Like this, I think that's beautiful. Anybody else? I think y'all are given the talk. <laughs> that's great. Okay, so at this point in the class, we have the tradition of sharing names, and uh, we'll do a call and response, so it goes like this, Ashley. Ashley. All right, and then we are going to actually use the microphone, because I think not everybody can hear so well, because you're facing me. I can hear you,
3: but... Lana. Lana Lana Thelma Mark Ty, Ty. Karen, Karen. Rodrigo. Rodrigo Kelly Sheeta, Sheeta. Terry Mary. Mary Yolanda, Yolanda. Paul, Paul. Caroline.
2: Caroline. Caroline, Laura, Laura, Laura. Laura. Janice. Janice, Emma, Emma. Anna. 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 Anna, Molly,
3: Molly, Molly. Becky. Dennis,
1: Dennis. Nisa, Nisa. Gay, Gay. Anik, Jen, Jen.
3: Marilyn, Claudia, Aaron, Okay. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. There's lots of new people today, too, so
0: welcome to you. Um, you know, in our lives, um, we have extremes, right? Have you noticed this? These extremes that come and go. And then in the world right now, it feels like, to me anyway, there's some extreme stuff happening, too. And, and the question is, how can the human heart really absorb this, how, um, how can we stay steady with this constant, unremitting contrast or extremes, right? Because this is what we're all faced with, I feel like, right now in these times. How do we bear this, and how do we bear this with dignity? Um, equanimity is a spacious stillness of mind. Doesn't that sound delightful? I don't know, it sounds delightful to me. Spacious stillness of mind. But uh, like you pointed out, it's it's always needing fine-tuning, always little adjustments. And we're going to come in and out of balance in our lives, even in any one day, or even in any one yoga class, or any one... Really, any one portion of time, we're going to be going in and out of balance, and we're going to have these extremes, the 10,000 sorrows and 10,000 joys. Uh, There's a Chinese poem, and I'm sorry I don't have the author. I'm quoting Sharon Salzberg, quoting a poem, and she didn't write the author, so I don't know. Uh, 10,000 flowers in spring, the moon in autumn. A cool breeze in summer, snow in winter. If your mind is not clouded by unnecessary things, this is the best season of your life. So equanimity, our balance, is actually in connection our in intimacy with those extremes. Sometimes we hear this uh, teaching and we think, oh... It's like a withdrawal from life or a cold indifference. And if you feel yourself sliding into indifference, uh, that's not equanimity. That's considered to be the near enemy. That's a funny technical language, but all of the wholesome qualities have qualities that are very similar. And if you're not careful, can be mistaken. So the near enemy of equanimity is uh, indifference or coldness, right? Like that sense of disconnect. Uh, peacefulness or equanimity has a sense of connection. You could think of how um, a parent... And again, when I give these metaphors, they're metaphors and we could poke holes in them, but it's just a a metaphor, a teaching metaphor. You could think of how a parent, when their child is grown, still cares for the child, but isn't so much in control about what happens or who does what, but like this sense of the, the love is still there. But there's not as much enmeshment, if that makes any sense. So I teach um, meditation at an assisted living place, and there's a woman who comes sometimes, and she's, I don't know, she's quite old. I didn't ask, but, um, and she's had a very strong, she's a Christian, and she's had a very, from what I can tell, very devoted Christian practice for her life. And she was saying that, you know, she used to pray. Um, and this would be like a compassion prayer for her family, for her children and her grandchildren and her nieces and nephews. She used to pray for the bad stuff not to happen to them. But she said now she really understands that this is part of our lives and that we grow and that we can't actually have a life without the bad stuff or the hard stuff. And so now, now she just prays for them and she trusts God to take People, her relatives, her children and her grandchildren on the journey that they need to take. And I thought that was really beautiful because she wasn't saying, I don't care and I wish they would have hard stuff, but she was saying, no, this is is how life is. And we go through these times and how do we bear them? How do we help each other? And um, without trying necessarily to make them go away and then it gets confusing because I don't mean for you to be a doormat. But really, like, how can we see that that's the nature of life for things to come and go for um, what's often talked about as the eight worldly winds? You know how winds will come up sometimes, and it's just this lovely, like in the poem, cool breeze in summer, but other times the wind will come, and it'll be a biting force. And just like that, we have these winds through our life. We have praise and blame, did you ever get blamed for something that you had no control over or nothing to do with you, right? It comes, or right, I Sometimes we get praised for stuff that's not personal. Or uh, gain and loss. Like sometimes it seems like I talk to people and great waves of loss can come through our life at times, great winds of loss. And then other times um, we have gain. We have the birth of a baby or a new love. Right, this is this is how life is—praise and blame, gain and loss, pleasure and pain. That can happen in a yoga class, right? Like, oh, this is awesome, or oh, it's horrible, right? Pleasure and pain, and um, fame and. Um, obscurity those are the eight worldly winds but really they stand for all of this in our lives that comes and goes and this quality of equanimity is a quality of seeing that and the wisdom of understanding that things will come and go and that's the nature of life and not taking it so personally like i was saying during the yoga um I said all of those things. (laughs) All right, so um, I've got this information from Gil Fronsdale. Do some of you know him? He's a teacher in this tradition. Gil Fronsdale, he's a great teacher. And he talks about the different uh, things that we can use to support equanimity or support steadiness or resiliency, uh, different qualities. Um, So there are different qualities can support. And he says the first quality that can support a sense of balance is integrity. I think that's very interesting. That if we are behaving with integrity, with wholeness, I love that the word integrity comes from whole, right? Like the sense of wholeness. If we behave with integrity, that there is more of a sense of ease. It's very hard to meditate, as Jack Kornfield says, it's very hard to meditate after a long day of lying and stealing, <laughs> right? I think about it, if we're acting out of, right? It's like it impacts. We're sensitive beings. All of us are sensitive beings. And if we're acting in integrity as best we can, that there will be a sense of peacefulness or ease or balance that comes from this, not so worried about keeping track of the lies or the stories or um, uh, just a a sense of ease. And I feel like this is applicable to the yoga, too. Like, there can be a sense of balance when we do a physical yoga asana practice. And if we go out of integrity, if we start um, grabbing or stealing poses that our body can't do, we get out of balance. Just like that. I see somebody really struggling to do something in a class. I know they've lost a little bit of wholeness. And it's not that we don't make effort. But do you know what I mean? Like this kind of white-knuckled effort where we go out of integrity. So integrity can help with a sense of balance. Um, Also supporting equanimity. Okay, I'm going to say a word. Trigger warning for some of you. Faith. Faith. I know maybe for others of you it doesn't, but I don't mean faith necessarily in God or a Christian God, but I mean that sense of this word in this tradition is also translated as confidence or trust, like this sense of uh, trust that the world unfolds as the world unfolds. Are a sense of confidence that things will right themselves, like we go out of balance, maybe we go out of balance as a nation, and then a sense of trust that we will come back. That's a scary thing to say, I just said it, but we'll, yeah, right? Like this sense of trust and confidence. are um, a, An example is if we have confidence in our own ability to cultivate our hearts and minds through mindfulness or through self-care, Um, if we have the confidence that we can take care of ourselves and have a spiritual practice, then there's a sense of trust and confidence that things will right themselves. Does that make sense? Um, I feel like um, that this quality of faith or confidence or trust um, can be like... uh, can be like that sense of a mountain that I was talking about in the meditation, the yoga. Can be like a sense of a mountain, a steadiness underneath, a sort of a steadiness. Somebody last week, uh, after class, was telling me this. Really, she's not here this week, or I'd ask her to tell this story. But she was telling this really beautiful story, and I cannot recount the story. But it was this really beautiful story about how some people in her community and the healthcare community were coming together and they did this camp for kids. And that it was so beautiful for her and so touching to be part of an environment where everybody was there to support everybody else. And I feel like uh, sometimes if I listen to the news all the time, always listening to the news, I forget to notice. I forget, it's like the confidence and the trust goes away, but I forget to notice that there are beautiful things happening all the time. Really amazing stuff. I could ask you all for stories, and you you could tell me lots of examples of stories of compassion and care, or just that people like us come together and do a meditation class and do a yoga class, and that there are people for thousands of years that have been cultivating the heart, cultivating wisdom and compassion. And we can forget that. If We get really bogged down. We, we lose that confidence. We lose that trust. And it can be helpful to remind ourselves, like, oh, yeah, like there is actually a lot of beauty in the world. Um, the third support for equanimity our resiliency is um, a well-developed mind. Um, you know how if you started swimming every day, you would get a swimmer's body. And if you started doing yoga every day, you'd get a yoga's body. And if you, I got a little two pound weights for my birthday, so I'm going to get little biceps, <laughs> right? So we can develop our body. If you start doing aerobic exercise, then you develop more aerobic capacity in the same way we can develop our minds, I don't think this is talked about very often, and we don't maybe necessarily learn about it as children. But we can actually develop compassion. We can develop equanimity, this quality I'm talking about. We can develop, every time you sit down to meditate, we're actually cultivating calm and peace. It might not be there when you meditate, right? But there's that cultivation of it. It's just like I pick up my little weights. I don't have the arm muscle at the beginning, but over time, in the same way, with a steady practice that we can cultivate our mind. And with that cultivation comes greater sense of ease and a greater sense of resiliency when the extremes of your life come or the extremes of this world. So we can cultivate our mind. And then the next, uh, the fourth uh, support is a s- actual sense of well-being. I put in this category self-care, like making sure you get into nature enough, making sure that you eat a good, healthy diet mostly and that you get enough sleep. Did you ever notice how that equanimity goes out the window if you haven't had a good night's sleep in a while or... So we do what we can. I understand sometimes we can't get sleep. You have a small baby or other situations. But we do what we can in this self-care category because it really actually helps. It's like a nuts and bolts kind of thing. Healthy food, enough water, enough exercise. Um, Connection with good friends can come in this category. I mean, whatever it is for you. For me, it's nature. the this, this sense of actually really supporting our hearts and bodies for health. Oh, and Gil, in this category, Gil Fronsdale says, even taking time to enjoy one's tea or the sunset can be a training in well-being. Right, This quality of mindfulness that reminds us to notice like that point in the yoga class when you lie down, actually absorb, like, oh, or you have the tea, or... When you have a a friend, I visited a friend this week. Uh, We have been friends for 29, going on 30 years, and I hadn't seen her in like five years. And I was so actually, probably because of my meditation practice, really aware of um, honoring our time together and not taking it for granted and actually like, oh, we went on a hike and we had a great conversation and really like, oh, like that's, like honoring those heart connections when they arise. Because sometimes we get into discord with people, but when there's not discord, actually really like savoring it, savoring the sunset, savoring the eclipse or whatever it might be. Um, Okay, so the next support is... uh, Understanding our wisdom. This is a big category. Often when I talk about the Buddhist path, I talk about it as the development of compassion and wisdom. We need both. And um, wisdom can really help us find a sense of balance. If we start to understand those eight worldly winds that I was talking about, if we understand that things come and go, that can be really helpful for keeping a sense of balance, or um, this instruction of not taking things so personally, that little bit of wisdom can help us stay balanced. There's a lot, I think, in this category of how wisdom can help inform us. Wisdom and understanding that we can't make others' choices for them. Like We can love our family and friends, and we can want the best for them, but we can't actually make their choices for them that everybody has their own journey to live, and that includes some hard spots at times, and that as much as we want for other people, only good, we can't always control outcomes, and people do things differently. I'm pretty sure you all do things differently than I do and I might do things differently than you and understanding that that's that's how each of us are on our own journey to learn these lessons and we're in it together and yet we can't control others so much or at all, (laughs) right? So Gil says... Along this lines, he says, another way wisdom supports equanimity is in understanding that people are responsible for their own decisions, which helps us to find uh, equanimity in the face of other people's suffering. We can wish the best for them, but we avoid being buffeted by a false sense of res- re- responsibility for their well-being. I think this is a huge one, huge, huge one. And then um, we can also use wisdom to understand when equanimity is missing. So we can see, like I was saying in the yoga class, like I noticed for me, and it might not be the case for you because everyone is different, but I noticed for me, I fall out of balancing poses when my mind starts to wander, when I've lost my focus. Oh, that's also another great non-physical metaphor. When we lose our focus, we sometimes fall out of balance, Right. And so we can understand what are, the, what are the conditions that really support a sense of resiliency and what are the conditions that lead to uh, not so much equanimity and not so much resiliency. And that kind of wisdom can actually be helpful, not as a... Not as a door opening on the path of uh, self-recrimination and shame, but actually a door opening to a, a sense of, being under, uh, of wisdom, of understanding how to navigate these things um, with more clarity and ease. So it is actually important to notice when there's no equanimity. Equanimity, resiliency, or balance is not to be forced. So if you feel like you're forcing yourself into a peaceful square, that's not actually equanimity. That's, a, that's, a, that's like the near enemy again. It's a little bit, you've gone off. I have a, a friend who sometimes talks about equanimity. She's like, I've got to get it. I lost it. and It, it, it feels a little bit like a forcing. And because, of course, we would wish for peacefulness. But what we need to do is create the conditions. So, what are the conditions? Faith and wisdom and well being and self care, right? So, we create those conditions rather than forcing ourselves into not caring about things. We care about things, we're sensitive, we have sensitive hearts. Um, And then it can also be really helpful to. uh, to the cultivation of the sense of equanimity, what can be really helpful is noticing when it's there and actually savoring it. This is like when I ask people at the end of the the Shavasana, the end of the relaxation of the yoga, to notice, is there peace here? It's so often we forget to notice there's peace. And it doesn't have to be like this amazing big peace that you never felt before, but really just like, oh... Like, I'm okay right now. Things aren't maybe exactly as I had hoped or wanted, but I'm okay. And noticing those moments so that your system can track it, right? So that it kind of imprints on us. Um, one of the conditions to lead f- to other conditions of right... Oh, yeah. Okay, so if you want to cultivate a wholesome condition, noticing when the wholesome condition is there creates the condition for that to happen again. So notice when there's peace allows for it to happen again, and then you can notice it again. Does that make sense? So it's, it's a, a growing. Okay, so I wanted to not blah, blah, blah from me the whole time because I actually think there's a lot of wisdom in the room about how to maintain balance in the turbulent seas of our turbulent times that we're in. And so I want to give the opportunity, if there's any comments or questions, of course, but also any things that you do to support um, this sense of a resiliency or balance. So the question could be rephrased as Yeah, I think it's just what what supports you in this cultivation of balance. And I am actually in particular interested about how you're navigating through the political times. It's a big topic, and I've been a little afraid to bring it up, but it's so prevalent and present for everybody. Like, what are you doing to help you stay steady? And if there's nothing, there's nothing. But maybe somebody has something. And we have a mic. So if there's... What are you doing to help you stay steady? We said some of the things at the beginning, right? What are things that lead to uh, equanimity? Try not to read too much.
3: pay attention to... Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, I... For me, I sort of regulate how much information I'm taking in and, and when, right? Before bed, not so good. Like, I like to know what's going on, but the 24-hour the news cycle where it's getting rehashed again and again feels like it's triggering anxiety for me. There's a hand here, yeah.
2: I think like you were saying
1: about how it's a beautiful thing that we can regulate ourselves, Right. And see that, okay, we're we're losing that equanimity and we're starting to kind of drift away into kind of worldly stress and personal life stress and family things and that you can bring yourself back to a peaceful place. I think that having faith in yourself also builds faith in other people. Ah. That although, you know, we don't all share the same beliefs, we don't all think exactly the same. That, I, you know, for me personally, I... I choose to think that everybody or a majority of people have good in their hearts and want the same fundamental things and have faith that we find our way back and right. as far as we slip away. Right. If you can do it personally, then you can do it like, Right. on a bigger level. Yeah,
0: beautiful. Let's, let's actually have the mic, though, because...
3: Who else? I know it's more intimidating with
0: the mic.
2: Okay. Um, I used to really try and work with the notion that everything's happening for a reason. Mm -hmm. And I think I tried to force that for a long time. And then there were lots of things that just, there didn't seem to be a reason. And having to accept that was really difficult. And recently someone shared a really beautiful adaptation of that notion, which is that everything's happening in your best interest. Mm -hmm. Which I, it just like sits so much more comfortably inside of me because I don't have to find the reason I don't Ah. have to know like the B the A of B A and B it's just it just is right and that has helped me get more connected to that sense of equanimity because it feels like everything's in flow as opposed to everything having a reason associated with it. It's like these hard things that are happening to me are all a part of my journey, as you were saying, and I'm learning from them, and they are happening in my best interest. And that allows me to release all the resistance I have to things that happen that feel unideal. Bad things happen. It's always like, no, no, like, why is this happening? Trying to, like, force the resistance. But within this idea, I can just be in equanimity, and accept because it's happening in my best interest. Right, Right. there's something about this
0: where um, it's an invitation to let go of the struggle about whatever's happening and actually just deal with it. I feel like that's what you were saying. Is that true? Like, instead of resist, like, why is this happening? Why is this happening to me? Like, Like, tending to that, and tending to our hearts that feel wounded from that, and then moving forward, like, okay, this is an opportunity. Have you all heard of this concept of radical gratitude, which is being grateful for everything, even the poop? (laughs) Because even the hard spots are an opportunity for us to cultivate love and compassion, and that those hard things... Those hard things are, they're like a little doorway where we can learn to, um, right, with this cultivation of love and compassion. And so that there's an opportunity. There's a quote that I didn't read you all. So the guest is always the Buddha. And the Buddha is whatever is in front of you. So whoever or whatever is in front of you is the Buddha here to teach you wisdom and compassion. And this is this is that's why it's called radical gratitude. It's radical. It's a very different way of looking at our lives that all the the hard spots are opportunities to cultivate intimacy, love, compassion, wisdom to help bring us closer together, right? And in that sense, I think that's quite hopeful about this country. Like, this is an opportunity for us to really shift and change some things that have been in the shadow for a long time that need to shift.
3: Anybody else? Yeah, can we pass the mic down? It's a short one, but okay. I feel that there's a lot of negativity because of the
2: things that happen politically in you know in Charlottesville and et cetera. So I try to be a little to balance that with a lot of
0: positivity, and to uh-huh. when I do yoga, I try to rise positive energy, uh-huh. so
1: that in a hope that right. the universe balances.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. Well, that's what I was saying about actually remembering and noticing the positive stories. It's exactly, the, I think that point exactly, like there's a lot, like it's very easy to get swirled into the negativity. And that's just one view. There's a lot of great stuff. There's not like, Molly, did you bring me once like the positive newspaper? Could be like a newspaper that's got all good stories. Like we don't hear about those. <laughs> We don't hear about those, but there's lots of really beautiful stuff happening all the time. Yeah. Yeah, to balance. Let's pass the mic down to Fauna.
1: And I think uh, for myself, I find that sometimes I, I need to let it go. Sometimes I need to walk away from the TV, but sometimes I need to act. Yeah. And I think that's uh, just another way of me finding balance in this political climate
0: right I think that's true I think um that that need to act is really important um I was hearing about I have a friend that lives um in Bozeman Montana and um she is a white woman and there's not that many there's not that many minorities there at all in Montana and she's put together uh, a whole a a group where they are looking at white privilege and they do all this work. They do the reading. There's a whole curriculum. So she decided like, okay, let's educate myself and my community. So she acted. And I'm hearing lots of stories like that where groups of women or groups of people are coming together and are the women's march. So like we need to continue because there is uh, this impulse to do too because a lot needs to be done. This isn't just about being happy Like in our like, there's a lot to be done. Like, and and if we can keep our balance, that's always going in and out, then we have more capacity. That's why I always say that at the beginning of class: May this class support you so that you have more capacity to do what needs to be done in this world, because there's a lot to be done. Yeah. Right. I think that's our time for today. We'll do uh, announcements and then a very brief closing. Are you doing announcements? Uh, I can. Okay. Um, Grab the mic. It's right there, since it's right
1: there. Um, If you came in late, there is a basket in the back of the room, and uh, it's a sliding scale, and uh, if you could make your offering, that would be great. Um, And otherwise, it's just helping clean up, so if you can just take your chairs back and stack them and put uh, the mats and the pillows and everything away. Thank you. All right.
0: And then I'm, I'm here on Sunday doing a day long. If you want to do more with me on Sunday yoga, some restorative yoga, which is the reclining kind in the afternoon, and meditation and uh, talks. If you're interested, there's plenty of space. Any other announcements? I think that's all. I think we're good. All right. So just close your eyes. So, uh, may you be safe and protected. And may you be as healthy as possible. And may you know the peace of equanimity. Let's take the hands up. Somehow palms out. You can copy me or just do it however you want. Just hands, somehow palms out. Um, If there is any goodness arising from this class, even if it was teeny tiny, any goodness at all, any wholesomeness, any wisdom, any compassion, any compassionate action, let's send that out, sending out blessings through your hands into the world, into um, Woodacre and Fairfax and then San Anselmo and beyond. May all beings everywhere know peace and the causes of peace. Hands can come together. Namaste. Thank you so much for your effort and your attention and um, I hope to see you next week, if not on Sunday.
1: this book talks a little bit about the eight
3: more in the chapter on equanimity. There's a lot more. They don't have this book in the bookstore.